0: I wanted to start off the show talking about this weird story I uh, saw. A grade school in a small town north of Edmonton is the subject of controversy and conversation after a social media post focused on their new women's study course. It, it's an optional course, and it's open to girls ages 6 to 9, aims to reach th- to teach them to be confident, strong, independent. Who doesn't want that for their daughters? Only the mes- the messaging, it's a little odd. Here is a global news reporter explaining. The school division says women's studies class at Eleanor Hall School is meant to boost young girls' self-image, but the program has some concern. An article on the division's website says students will take part in facial analysis to see which hairstyles are most flattering, body shape analysis to choose complementary clothing styles, and an online shopping activity. Yeah, it seems... Not so much like a women's study class that I've ever heard of before. Dr. Christina Stasia joins us on the line right now. She's at U of Alberta's uh, Leadership College. She's a gender consultant and uh, the director of instruction at the uh, University of Alberta's uh, Leadership College. Welcome to the show, Christina.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, so you thought this was a joke when you first heard about this course. What would you realistically name this course? Well... I think the course, I think the teachers have good intentions
1: with this course, and I think that they're signaling out a need that we need to attend to girls' self-confidence and self-esteem and give them tools to navigate a world that's often stacked against them. I just think they missed the mark. And so women's studies uh, doesn't seem to be an accurate reflection or even gender studies of what's going on. It seems closer a little bit to, um, you know, a more traditional sort of home economics uh, class.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And, you know, when I think about uh, being younger and uh, back in the day, let's say when I was in grade six through eight, there wasn't enough lip smacker. There wasn't uh, enough uh, perfect hair days or enough, you know, Jordache jeans, uh, you know, to make me feel uh, confident. I mean, you are it doesn't matter what you're wearing or how you look. It's a really weird time for a young woman.
1: You're right. It's a weird time for young women. It's a year. It's a weird time for young men. Bodies are changing. Expectations are changing. Hormones are ramping up, Um, and also students are starting to really starting to confront like what stereotypes of masculinity and manhood and stereotypes of femininity and womanhood. So it's, it's really important that there is, you know, a class that helps them understand, like, where do we learn what it means to be a woman? Uh, where do we learn what it means to be a man? Why, why, when we watch movies, why do all the women look a certain way? Like, why are all the romantic comedy, uh, you know, leads white women? Like, what does that mean? And why mm-hmm. do superhero, female superheroes not get pants, but the males do? Like, there's questions that need to be asked and that can really help, Girls and boys navigate their world and understand kind of, you know, the way that gender puts girls and boys in boxes and how do we
0: navigate that so we can be our true selves. It sounds like you're saying that these classes, these women's studies classes or gender studies classes, they should be uh, less exclusive, you know, just offered to the girls and be more inclusive and offered to, uh, you know, anyone in the school. Yes,
1: and I do believe that this course is actually open to boys. Um, but the other course that's offered in conjunction with this is Hunter's Ed. So um, you see the girls in this course and then the boys in Hunter's Ed. Oh, wow. Um, but I don't believe that's dictated by the school. But again, I mean, what a great opportunity for, to get girls and boys together in both those courses and kind of interrogate these constructions of femininity and masculinity and open up new opportunities. Maybe boys want to learn how to be, care about their nails or how to look good. Uh, what is this? analyze the shape of their face to determine which their cells are flattering and maybe girls want to learn um how to hunt so kind of integrating those in some way and taking it from a perspective and interrogating gender is
0: really important yeah this is what the superintendent said about it when asked
2: part of what the teacher is trying to do there is have a discussion about critically analyzing you know those types of components so it's not that we're out there trying to uh be proponents of stereotyping girls. You can look at media images and have a discussion as a group about what's appropriate, what's not, why is this troubling, right? What image does it give to other girls, to boys, to parents?
0: It seems like the strategy here with the school, you know, that I'm reading into here isn't it's more like if you go in and you control the messages they're being bombarded with and you, you know, hook them, you, you teach them in a good way, uh, you know, what they're hearing and then slowly teach them about what, you know, proper ways to r- raise their self-esteem. Is that their strategy, do you think, by, you know, saying, hey, you know, let's get you interested in makeup and hair because we know you're interested in that. And then we'll move on over to something more important.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm not quite sure what their strategy is, but I do think the intentions are good. And I do think that putting girls in all-girl spaces at this age are important and facilitate different conversations. Same when you put boys together and you let them grapple with their masculinity and you talk about sexuality and gender, right? Like there's conversations that happen in those spaces that mm-hmm. are really productive and important, particularly for girls. Yeah. Um, but the critical analysis here is is missing a little bit. It's just the intentions are good. I think that this course has potential. I'm glad that they're at least recognizing this and, and trying to address the way that girls have obstacles in their in their lives and are discriminated against. It just needs to be recalibrated. Um, it needs to be rec- recalibrated so that, you know, in a way it's a little bit condescending to girls just to assume that girls are interested in hairstyle and nail care and all these things. You know, girls are also interested in building, bu- building biz- uh, buildings and yeah. running for office and um, engineering and uh, trades work, and so I think that um, you know they their field trips right now are to cosmetology and foods to learn dinner etiquette and nail care. But what about taking them into spaces where women aren't traditionally welcome and exposing them to those things? I think that that. Um, that would do more to not only build their confidence, but put girls in spaces that they may not normally be in and expose them to new worlds and new possibilities.
0: I know that you're in a little bit of a time crunch, so I just want to ask you this before I let you go. One of the goals of the course, they claim, is to develop a, a sense of camaraderie between the girls. And people always say that women, we are our own worst enemies. How would you suggest we build healthy female relationships with our you know daughters?
1: Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> And a big one. Um, I think when we talk about healthy female relationships, one of the places I like to start, and that I think this course would, would be a great place to do this sort of work, is looking at the way that female relationships are portrayed in pop culture. Because the way they're portrayed is always, almost always as a catfight or as a competition. And there's a time, in, a specific time in history, when we started to really see that come out in film. And so having girls be exposed to that and critically analyzing it, like how come these girls are always fighting or like, how can they stop talking when the boy came into the room and mm. asking them those questions, but also, you know, listening to girls. Cause I think that's not, I think that's something that we don't do very well is listen to girls and, you know, I wonder where this idea of like hairstyles and nail care and foods and dinner etiquette and silverware came from. Because I, when I teach, when I do workshops in junior highs and high schools, that's not really, that's not what the girls want to talk about. (laughs) They want to talk about the racism they're experiencing. They want to talk about sexual harassment. They want to talk about superheroes and Katniss Everdeen. And so um, is this a case of the adults being out of touch? You know, I, I think it is. And again, like, I don't think it's an, I don't think it's Malintentioned. I think there's very good intentions here and great potential for this course. But I think it's a little bit, this is not just these teachers. Very often we prescribe what girls need and we try and guide them through what we think they need instead of going to them and saying, what do you need to navigate your mm-hmm. this sexist world, this racist world, how do we help you? And I think that when we start from listening to girls, we come up with much better courses to help them on their journey.
0: Well, I really appreciate you joining us. It's been uh, interesting talking to you. And it's uh, hopefully they make the right changes to this course, because right now it does sound a lot like a home ec course that I avoided when I was in high school. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Have Have yourself a fantastic afternoon. You too. Thanks so much. Cheers. Dr. Christina Stasia is from the University of Alberta. She is the instructor at their leadership college, and she's a gender consultant, so she talks to kids all the time. Wondering what you think about this. I mean, the idea of, uh, you know, having a class about women, only for girls, I kind of like it. I think it's important to, you know, give girls and boys their own spaces, you know, because they, you know, usually your kids go into a, a mixed gender class. And I think that's fantastic. A lot of friends when I was a kid that were guys, one of my closest friends right now I'd consider in the in the workplace is Chris. He's a guy, I think, last time I checked, and a uh, good guy. But, I mean, I think there's also, uh, I, I think it's nice to separate the girls and the guys at different times. I think it's important so we can, you know form of camaraderie. Kathy and Whitby, what is your reaction to this course?
2: I don't agree with this professor at all. My son's in grade nine. Yep. Um, all the tech courses that she's talking about, building buildings and fixing cars, those are available to boys and girls. This woman's studies course is available to boys and girls. Uh, it's an elective like any other course. They read the description and they're either interested or not. They're not being forced into pigeonholes that say, you are a girl, you must take this course. So what is wrong with, if there are girls who want to be girly girl and learn about hairs and, like, mm-hmm. I, I I feel like gender identity and fluidity and all of that stuff is not allowing space for the people who are girls or boys and want to be girls or boys. Do you think, so though, Kathy,
0: I, I wonder, you know, when I first heard about this, I thought, well, I'll give me a break. You know, with these girls, go go online. And these kids are savvy. If they're in grade 6 and to 9, uh, they're super savvy with uh, online tutorials. I mean, anything you want to learn about makeup hair, uh, fashion, it's all online and it would be taught to you in a way that would be more accessible and more relatable uh, by somebody on YouTube than one of the teachers. So I I think that's a weird way to get them interested in women's studies. That's why I found it kind of like I wonder if they're thinking what are girls interested in so let's pull them in this way and then we'll get to our agenda which is how to be a strong confident woman at the end of the day which I think is kind of weird and disingenuous.
2: I see what you're saying but at the same time part of what happens in high school is you are by the courses you take and the the extracurriculars you participate in you're also grouped with like-minded and uh, YouTube is great but it's just one more thing that puts them in their room on their computer on their own not socializing mm-hmm. and and there's already an awful lot of that going on and my my kids are six years apart so my daughter's third year university can't pick up a needle and sew on a button. Her cooking has been learned life by necessity. There are skills for boys and girls. Again, this course isn't just about girls. There are skills that my my daughter did not get that her brother will because those courses are being brought back and available.
0: Yeah. You know, I think there's nothing wrong with homemade classes. I, I appreciate the call. Uh, I'm going to just move on to Rick, Kathy. And, uh, you know, I hear what you're saying and I, I think it's it's fine if they're available to both girls and boys. When I was reading one of the articles, at least out of the three that I read about this, it said it's only offered to girls and it was optional. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not just girls. Hey, Rick, uh, in Mississauga, what are your thoughts on this women's study class?
2: A long list of things that are important to teach kids in school. And I would put this down like in the bottom, bottom list. Um, and you get teachers being paid eighty, ninety thousand dollars 90000 a year. Mm. Uh, the skill, they're able to teach things. This is the fluff stuff that should be, I like, guess, you said, online. Uh, they could have... A uh, parent, volunteer do this, uh, it shouldn't be part of the regular curriculum because there's so many problems that need to be addressed. Let's uh, you know, prioritize these things.
0: Yeah, and I I agree with you. I think uh, I appreciate the call. The other thing is that I find weird about this is it's aimed at helping students with their self-image and their self-esteem. And I got to say, you know, really, I I said it at the beginning of the interview. Chris, it didn't matter if you're wearing best clothes in school, uh, if you, you know, uh, were, you know, wearing the the proper hairstyle Mm -hmm. at the time. You you feel awkward at that age. And so I think it's important to um, have someone... That's wiser, you know, foster self-esteem in different ways other than your appearance, because quite frankly, you could be the prettiest girl in school and you could still feel crappy about yourself. Yeah. And uh, quite often, the prettiest girl in school probably does feel pretty crappy about herself. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's a bizarre thing. And then you look back at, you know, at your younger self and you go, what the heck were you complaining about? Give me a break. <laughs> Sometimes I just think like like school is become like is reached into all these realms where it just doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the the main instigator of, you know, self-pride and self-confidence. And, you know, what, like teach, Teach us, like, the, the basics and, and move on. Yeah, and some of the people teaching those things, I was like, you know what? I'll give my kid their own messaging. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. You can just, uh, we'll pass on that.